Hello again, welcome back to Daily Devotions with North Clay Baptist Church. This morning we are continuing in our one year Bible reading plan by reading Psalm 136 through 139. Starting in Psalm 136 this morning, Psalm 136 has no author listed, and it is not difficult to see the theme of this psalm with that repeated refrain, His steadfast love endures forever. And as this song was used in worship, the first part of a line was often sung or spoken by the priest or the soloist who was leading the worship, and the congregation would respond with the refrain, His steadfast love endures forever. Again, we see this idea of informed worship. As the priest would proclaim the mighty acts, of God. The congregation was then reminded of how God has demonstrated his steadfast love and would therefore praise him for who he is and what he has done. Next is Psalm 137, and this psalm also has no author listed, and this psalm is clearly referencing the exile of Judah in Babylon. Now it is unknown whether it was written during the exile or uh, immediately following the exile, but we see that the content of the psalm is clearly referencing this historical period. In this psalm, the psalmist expresses his distress being in captivity, and he calls upon God to help him remember Jerusalem, which was the physical representation of God's presence with his people. And the psalm ends with a blessing upon the one who destroys the offspring of the enemy, which is a cry for retribution that we see in several of the prophets. Uh, now, we've already talked about this before, but people often struggle with these psalms that call upon God to punish and destroy the wicked often referred to as imprecatory psalms. And as we've already mentioned, the primary way that we pray for God to destroy his enemies is through the new birth, is by taking dead sinners and raising them to new lives so that they can be uh, careful to obey his statutes and walk according to his law. So we pray that the enemies of God, that our enemies, we pray that they will be brought to faith and repentance. And should they continue in their wickedness, we pray that their wicked schemes would come to an end through the salvation of their offspring. And we pray that their hearts of stone would be dashed against the rock of Christ as they are replaced with hearts of flesh. Next is Psalm 138, uh, another, which is another Psalm of David. And this Psalm is a prayer of thanksgiving to Yahweh for answering David's prayers. In verses 4 and 5, David looks forward to the day when the kings of the earth will worship Yahweh. Uh, there we read, All the kings of the earth shall give you thanks, O Yahweh, for they have heard the words of your mouth, and they shall sing of the ways of Yahweh, for great is the glory of Yahweh. Again, we see this anticipation that the nations will come to the knowledge of Yahweh, and they will bring forth praises because of his greatness. And lastly is Psalm 139, uh, another Psalm of David. And David in this Psalm is recognizing the fact that there is nothing outside of God's control and there is nothing that escapes God's knowledge. God knows all things because he has decreed all things. There is nothing that we could do that would be outside of his knowledge and there's nowhere that we could go that would be outside of his presence. We even see that this knowledge uh, goes back to uh, even before our birth. In verses 13 through 16, we read, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. You saw my unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. 
Here we see an explicit detail, the dignity and humanity of the life inside the womb. We see that in the same way that God formed Adam from the dust, he formed each and every one of us inside of our mother's womb. We also see that all of our days are established by God long before we even took our first breath. That God not only sovereignly creates, but he also sovereignly determines the end from the beginning. Uh, even the days that were formed for me when as yet there were none of them. We often struggle with this doctrine of God's sovereign decree because in our sinfulness, we want to believe that we are the ones who sovereignly control our own lives. However, David reminds us that God's sovereignty is not something that we should bristle at, not something that should frustrate us, but rather that his sovereignty is something that is glorious and praiseworthy. And so as we contemplate God's goodness and his sovereignty, let us praise him because there is nothing outside of his control, including the power to overcome sin and death so that we can be saved and enjoy fellowship with him.